Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. It's great to be back with you. Thank you for the opportunity to allow us to come across your airwaves with this broadcast. We're, we're honored by this. And uh, with me, as with me for the last couple of days, is Pastor Stephen Cox, the pastor of the Bible Baptist Church in Simpsonville, South Carolina, one of the best two churches in Greenville County. And uh, just a great guy. I've really enjoyed his honesty and his integrity as we've went through these things. We talk about different things. Is his knowledge. You know, uh, I always tell people it's another bachelor's degree when you're a pastor's kid. Uh, I mean that. I have friends of mine, two or three of my best friends on God's green earth. And you guys know uh, my best friends, obviously, Stephanie's, Debbie, and my best friend, Stephanie Wesco. I mean, she's she's right up there top. Right next to her is my dear friend, Todd McClure, his wonderful wife, Kelly. Debbie and I hold them. I mean, they're right in our hearts. And, uh, and, and, and Todd was raised as a military missionary kid in the Azores and in Spain. And, and uh, I'll tell you, you know, even before he went to Bible college, uh, it was like, you have a bachelor's degree. You know, you've been through all the issues of church. You're at every Bible study. You're there when when dad's putting together messages, talking about things, because there's not a preacher in this world who comes across something good to tell his folks that doesn't stop and tell everybody around him. You're not going to believe what I just found. Praise God. That's that's good stuff. Yeah. My dad's uh, church, uh, it was a small uh, when he first took it. And and, uh, we lived in a parsonage for 18 years and um, he had his office in the parsonage. And I as a little boy, you know, I'd be running through the house and, and I'd, I'd have people in there, your church members, and you get to hear, <laughs> you get to hear stuff and, uh, you knew yeah. things before anybody else. And, and, uh, of course, yeah. you know, as a pastor's kid, you just, you see it and, and you think as a kid, Hey, this is normal, but you realize it's not really normal. <laughs> yeah. This is, this and, is pretty uh, special. Yeah. But, but it trained me for what I'm doing today. And so you know, you're, you're absolutely right. When I went to Bible college, I already had a little little step above some because oh, yeah. I'd been there. And yeah, so that. I came out of the military, and I mean, I didn't even know what canonical meant or the canon. I mean, I'm just being honest with you. When I started taking classes, I, I was sideways on some of this stuff, but I was so thankful. And uh, I'll tell you, there was, there's two kinds of pre- There's two kinds of everybody in the world, folks. We talk about this. There's knuckleheads and decent people, and I think 50% of the population are knuckleheads. And thank God we got a podcast yeah. where, where knuckleheads can come and learn God's Word and cross over. Uh, but in Bible college, I'll tell you, you get a PK who loves the Lord, that person's going to help you. That person's going to bring you along. They're going to look out. They're going to be the person talking to you saying, hey, Brother Kierger, I, I, you know, I know you're 40 and you did a bunch of years in the Army, and, yeah. but can, it, can we get together tomorrow and have coffee and I can work with this on you? That changes lives, folks. Oh, it and, does. And we need to be, and you know, this leads itself right into our word for the day, Pastor, which is friendship. And we, we talked about that. We were, when we were talking about love, we were saying how great a love had no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends over there in John 15, 13, where when you talk about love and friendship, but the great 
greatest friend any of us will ever have is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But, you know, I, I'm reminded, I'm, and I'm going to give this to Pastor early, but my favorite verse is Proverbs 18. We just covered it a little while ago. In verse number 24, a man that hath friends show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. But we have a responsibility at the front part of that verse, Pastor. If we want to have friends, we need to be friendly. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, sometimes people, uh, they'll complain about, well, nobody likes me or, or uh, uh, this church doesn't seem as friendly. But my thing to them is, have you showed yourself somewhat friendly, you know, and you have to be a friend uh, to someone in order to have that reciprocated a lot. But, you know, I, I love the verse over there and in, in, uh, when it talks about Abraham and it calls Abraham the friend of God. Amen. And uh, may that be said of us that, you know, we know that God's our friend, but may we be God's friend. You know, God, God, we know that he's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He yeah. said he'd never leave us nor forsake us. And, and he won't, friends. And he won't. He, he won't leave you. And I'm thankful for that. No matter how you read that verse, he's going to be with you. And until uh, the end, but Abraham knew a friendship, the Bible says about Abraham, that it doesn't really say about anybody else, that he was a friend of God. And uh, I want to have a relationship with God to where he's my friend. And it's not that I just go to him when I need help. I don't just call him when it's like yeah. a nine one one. That's not a friendship. A friendship's I talk to him every day. He's with me every day, and I want that kind of a friendship with the Lord. And I want to be that friend to others. Yeah, I want to be that friend to others. So, is it going to be a crisis friendship, or is our our relationship with God so significant? We got to show ourselves friendly to God. Yeah, uh, folks, we got to be waking up and praying to Him in the morning. We got to be reading the Bible. And I remember this morning I was in Judges. Something Pastor had talked about, but I was I listened and I read my Bible as I got on the road. I was in Judges. I was I'm over in the Book of Hebrews. I'm kind of all over the place. And you know, I was in a, a later Psalm. I think I was in Psalm 145 or something. I was cranking through this morning, and, and uh, I read it while it's playing in my ears and and. And folks, I'll tell you, uh, it's easy to be a friend with God when you know what God thinks and you know what God expects. And, you know, the biggest problem I've had in friendships in my life is not being friendly. Biggest problem I've had in friendship in my life is not prioritizing friendships. And uh, as, as folks with PTSD, uh, we have that utmost, that ultimate friendship that needs to go on, that relationship with God, it needs to be daily. But then we also have a requirement. God didn't make us to go home and lay on the couch. God didn't make us to go home and shut the curtains. God didn't make us. He He made us as people who communicate, who love each other, who look out for each other, who take care of each other, who bring by meals and, you know, eat, eat stuff together at potlucks. I mean, God made us for friendships and relationships. And he even gives us rules on relationships. So he, if he's going to give us rules on relationships and how to patch things up he's wanting us to have relationships friends and, and 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 I'm glad exactly what pastor said there so so pastor if I'm talking to somebody and they've come through trauma a lot of the people I'm talking to have been through the fires of life and they feel a little bit off they feel like you know, I'm a little bit weird. Some of them might have had injuries. Uh, you know, my face was smashed. I got some face scarring. I, I walk a little bit weird. I've had a collapsed lung, a broken neck. Uh, so I can attest that some of us are different, you know, mm -hmm. and some of the people listening today are a little bit different in stuff. And, and, and what would you say to them about friendships and stuff and maybe looking a little different, maybe acting a little different? And if someone was to come to your church and they just, what would you say to them? Well, you know, uh, Friendship should never be based on what the other person can do for us. Right. You know? So if somebody comes to our church and they are a little different, listen, we're a church that we, we, if you come to our church on any given Sunday, 
we have multiple morning services, you you would find different people. I mean, it, yeah. it, there's it it is not a church that all looks alike or acts alike. It is different people, uh, and so. Uh, I'm used to having people just come in that are different. Yeah. They just kind of hit you different. And you know what? You just got to love people because Christ loved us and determined to be a friend and walk with them through their journey because everybody's journey is different. Everybody's walk of life is different. Everybody's background is different. I can't always identify with someone who's went through something very traumatic because I maybe right. have never experienced that. But guess what? I can listen to them. I can I can weep with them, and I can uh, take them out to lunch. Yeah. I can I can do something kind to them because sometimes it's all people need yeah. is an act of kindness. Yeah, and we can be a friend. We don't have to even like you know go in and say a, a bunch of stuff. Sometimes people get nervous because oh, I don't know what to say, Pastor. It's not really what you say. Sometimes people just want you to be there to listen. That's a great thing, and, and I love one of the things that Pastor said in the beginning of that as well, and uh, all very valuable, but one of the things he said in the beginning is, is all different people, and and that made me think. I hadn't thought about that before you said that, but there's nobody in church that's perfect. No. There's nobody in church that thinks I'm all this. You know, there's right. people there going through maybe some of the same struggles we're going through. Right. You know, there's that lady who, who maybe had the worst relationship ever. And there's that fella who, uh, you know, has been through extreme things in life and, 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 and you see people and, and sometimes these people just, they need a friend. Right. You know, what I used to tell everybody, you know, the biggest part of healing is helping. And uh, the biggest part of healing is going out and helping someone else who's been through the same junk you've been through. God tells us, you know, there's a benefit to the stuff we've been through. That's good news. You know, the good news is, you know, I've had my neck broken, my face smashed. I've had this. I've dealt with PTSD. But through that all, there's something good that can come out of that because God said I can help somebody. And we're all broken. Yeah. So none of us, like you said earlier, none of us have it all together. No. There is a thing as a perfect church. No such thing as a perfect pastor. So here's the deal. If we realize our brokenness and we all have our quirks and we all have our hurts and we all have these things, then why not just love each other? Just love each other. And there's, and, and honestly, just like life, uh, there's going to be some people uh, that may not respond to our friendship because yeah. that's their thing. That's all right. right. Just move on to the next one. Right. You know, when I was a kid, I, I guess about the time I was finishing high school, I realized that if I was ever going to have a date with a girl or at least even talk to a girl, that I had to engage in conversations and stuff. It just didn't happen out of nowhere. No. And uh, it's the same way. with I wouldn't be married to Debbie today unless I had asked her out, unless there had been that time where you start talking. You start talking on the phone. You go through the steps. It's Yeah. We brought a kid... And during our VBS last week, uh, we have a teen rally. We had uh, 85 teenagers there every night, just about. And it was amazing. Ten of them received Christ. It was just amazing. We brought this one kid off of our bus, uh, 15 years old. He was angry. We couldn't do anything with him. He In the service, he was disruptive, uh, just lashing out, acting real erratic. So we pulled him out of the service. I got him in the hallway. Some guys were having trouble with him, just talking to him. He was raising his voice and bowing up at guys. And I just went to him and I said, "What you know? What's 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 going on?" And he started opening his heart. Yeah. And his grandpa got hit by a car last year. Uh, his dad kicked him out of the house. Nobody wants him. And he started pouring his heart out. For you know what, this man had opened up. This young man, fifteen. Uh, and he had hurts inside. Now, on the outside, he looked normal, but on the inside, he was just broken. Yeah. And he just needed somebody to listen and somebody to care. 
Yeah, there it is, folks. Listen, care. And uh, let me tell you, you, you want to be a friend, be friendly. Hey, we love you, folks. Listen, for just a second, we're going to run over there and let the stations identify themselves. And we'll be right back with you, maybe a commercial or two. Folks, it's great to be back with you. And as we continue on, what a great discussion about friendship. And uh, friends, I'm just going to end that by saying this is uh, step out. You know, uh, God does wonderful things when we step out. Trust God, step out, engage people, talk to them, shake a hand, look people in the eyes, and uh, boy, God will use that. Now, we've been moving along, and we've, we've actually been in the 21st proverb, and today we're on verse number eight. It says, the way of, the way of man is forward, so we know that word, right? We, we know that word talks about like arrogant, hard to work with, deal with people, haughty. All these different things kind of fall in that category. Uh, we may say the way of a man is being a knucklehead kind of thing and strange, but as for the pure, his work is right. So it tells us this. We got this guy, Pastor, right? We got this guy, he's forward. He's, he's got problems. Mm-hmm maybe prideful, maybe arrogant, just hard to deal with. We know that at the very minimum, and uh, it's talking about that, but it says the way of man. So the way of us is that way. Uh, But as for the pure, his work is right. So God, again, he's drawing these comparisons and saying, you know, if you're like this, this is the way we are, but God's people are like this. So how do you differentiate there? Well, like you said, forward, uh, I think about the word in Proverbs, the word perverse. Yeah, there you go. Um, so you have purity versus perverseness. Yeah. Uh, where you have almost like two paths. It's a choice. It is. So you, you choose whether to go the perverse way, which is a forward way, pride, arrogance, even sometimes which is the opposite of purity. So you have you know all kinds of different things, anger. All those can be lumped into that, or you choose to be of the pure heart, those that are sincere, those that are clean, those that uh, are uh, going before God and confessing mm. what, what it is. Hidden sins, I would, I would imagine, that's where we struggle, is the, yeah. the hidden sins. So, yeah. you know, whether you're, you're on this path, and I believe those, those two things we get to choose, perverse or, or pure, and it's really a choice every day. It's kind of dying to self or living in the flesh. There it is. And, and, and folks, these decisions we make, and again, we've, we've covered, we continue to go through being diligent, working hard, doing the right thing, being fair. Uh, do not let your, your uh, good be spoken evil of. You know, we're going through, we're looking at these things. And then we get to the point and say, hey, the way, you know, the way you're going to want to go, this world goes this way. But right. boy, when you're diligent, when you're that person that gets things right, when you get away from that dude that's perverse, uh, which brings with it so many different connotations, when you get away from that haughtiness, that pridefulness, that craziness that the world gives you, and, and you go with that person that's godly, that's right, that's doing things out of a pure heart and the right reason, man, things are going good. So I'll tell you this. So our goal out of that verse is to be that person that's doing things with righteousness out of a right heart, being prayed for, being in the right place. I like that verse. And boy, this next verse, I, <laughs> I've come across this next verse in, in my life. I, you know, I hear people quote it all the time. I had a guy, I had just started a seminary uh, a few years back when I retired from the Army, and I was in seminary class one night, and this guy came in and said, man, I'm just going through it with my girlfriend and stuff. And, and uh, of course, the professor immediately quoted to him, and it's better to dwell in the corner of a housetop than with a brawling woman in a wide house. And so it said, you're better off on the roof 
in a little corner all by yourself in the elements uh, than you are, you know, with a brawling woman, a contentious woman, any way you want to look at it, uh, you're better off to be somewhere else than to be dealing with that. So think about that, folks. It's giving you a comparison here, do you? You know, you're better off on a rooftop. Well, you, you, you think about the spiritual temperature of the home, and, and it is true, which, you know, you walk into a home, there's contention, there's divisiveness, there's anger, there's, there's all kinds of fighting, there's uh, just all kinds of stuff. And, and the Bible, I mean, you know, it's a funny verse that we read it because you can imagine a guy in the very corner of this, yeah. this this roof just over there in the fetal position because you can hear this woman down there with a with a uh, yeah. roller and she's about to kill him, you know. And uh, But in that sense, it, it is true that nobody really at the end of the day wants to come home and deal with contention. The world's contentious enough. And there's a lot of things out here in the world that we're just going to deal with enough that that requires us to be on our game every day. And because yeah. life throws you curveballs already, you want to come to a home. A home to me, uh, a house, uh, it represents a little safe haven. It does. When I go home, I want to, I want peace. And a lot of times, people come home, there is no peace. And we have to make that choice. I think it goes along with the the verse that was above it. Yeah, that we have a choice to make the path of purity or the path of perverseness, well, if you bring that perverseness home, then it'd be better for you to dwell in the corner of a housetop. Yeah. And and so we have choices to make. I, I want to be the one that actually is control. I want to be the, the spiritual thermometer of our home. And uh, I know it says woman, and sometimes we get a little... You know, I know, man, yeah, yeah. But but think about it. It goes you know, both ways. And here's the deal. We've always heard that the mama always sets the, the, the temperature at home, you know? And so uh, if you're listening and you're a woman and, and a wife and a mother, of course, you can take that to heart. You can look at that any way you want to. But I think us men do as well. Yeah. I think we need to be careful about us coming home barking and hateful. and We can be just as contentious. We can. We we can. can. Absolutely. And, and, and you know what, folks? We can cause that contention. And, you know, when we're not handling things the right way and looking out for one another and caring for one another and spending time together, there's so much within this verse to think about. But oh, yeah. here's the great news. We can be the most contentious jerk in the whole wide world, and God can fix that. Absolutely. And, and I've seen him do it a hundred times. So if you've got a problem with contention about being a little bit riotous, about fighting with your spouse, I know a God, uh, and his name is Jesus. I know a book. That's better than any other book that can help you get through those things. And, and you know, that's why we plug into churches. And I, I know that some of you, uh, you know, who sign up once in a while will get a card on you. Some of you don't belong to churches and stuff. And that's, see, and, and actually that's what we're going to be talking about tomorrow as a word is church. It's a big deal to be part of a church family. It's a big deal to be learning lessons about how to live better with God. It's a big deal deal. I mean, God compares a marriage, uh, you know, as a bride and a bridegroom, and he's talking about him being the, our bridegroom and the local church being a bride and wanting that to be spotless and pure. So we want to go to a church. We want to learn those things and grow from those things and make a difference. I think, I think, brother, uh, you know, in, in my life, my experiences with marriage is it takes two. My experiences with marriage is it takes two people to be at the foot of the cross and learning together on how God can make a difference in lives. Oh, yeah, happy marriage. It goes both ways. I mean, it yeah. takes two to, to make a happy marriage. And so happy marriage to me, it's work. Yeah. There's no shortcuts going back to our first verse. You know, yeah. you can't have a happy marriage and shortcut your way. It's diligent work. 
And so uh, if you try to shortcut, you may end up in a house with a brawling woman. That's right. It's, and it's hard. It's uh, Marriage isn't a give me. It's hard. It's yeah. something we work at. It's something we do together. And, uh, and, and, and I can tell you this. I can tell you it's real easy to get off and go down the wrong road with that. And uh, I just want to look at this other verse and sneak this one in here. It's verse number 10 of the 21st proverb here. The soul of the wicked desireth evil. His neighbor findeth no favor in his eyes. And it's talking about that soul of the wicked, the unsaved person, that inward corruption. And and folks, we've talked about this before, but as a reminder, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, when we speak it with our mouth and believe it in our heart, there's a transformation that takes place and the Holy Spirit of God indwells within us, boy. And, And it changes things. And, uh, uh, but now we're talking about somebody who's not saved. We're talking about the soul of the wicked. And, uh, so, you know, there's a very important truth. I think about depravity here and wickedness is, uh, these people who are wicked, they can sin merely by waking up. You know, there, there's no morality. There's no value on doing the right thing when you're unsaved. There's nothing there to help you along. There's no Holy Spirit. And talking about his neighbor findeth no favor in his eyes, and you're always going to hate your neighbor. (laughs) There's nothing good going on with that relationship, Pastor. It's a contrast between the saved. We're commanded to love our neighbor. Who's your neighbor? What's the person you you pass every day? You know, And so uh, when when you're lost, love is not, it's non-existent. And so we think that it's evil now. Well, when we get closer to the coming of Christ, it's only going to get more evil, and you're going to see more wicked things come out because that's we got a lost world we're living in. That's right. And so you're going to see that. And and what's the barometer on things? You know, and what's the temperature on things? The thermometer. I mean, we're looking at all these different things, and and Pastor just hit this, and you know, happy wife, happy life, happy spouse, happy house. But but you become happy through your relationship with Jesus Christ and doing the right things. The problem is, we can. I used to tell people in the army, Pastor, in the army, I could make somebody's life completely change for one or two days. I mean, I could go down and ruin their life. I could have them painting rocks, waxing my car. I mean, I could make people do anything in the army short of hurting their physical body to try to teach them and things like that. But in the army, when I shared the gospel of Christ, God completely changed lives. When I sat at a living room table with a 21-year-old man and a 20-year-old wife from Kansas sitting there in Heidelberg, Germany, and was able to say, hey, listen, you know, let me tell you about a God who can fix your marriage. And uh, when they've got divorce papers in the middle of the table and someone told me to call them, I can go out on Facebook right now and look at eight kids and you say, what happened? God showed up in the house. And, and folks, that's what this is all about. This is all about uh, not having that wicked soul, being saved, not letting that stuff come in. Boy, you're better to your neighbor. And your closest living neighbor is your husband or your wife and, and your kids and those people that are around. And folks, I know we came to the end real quick today, but if we can do anything to help you, make sure you find us on Helpful Wounded Spirits. Also, make sure you take the time, if you would, to drop me a note at Doug at Wounded Spirits. We're going to be going through the letters again here real soon and answering them for you. And remember, Pastor and Prayer, Pastor Stephen Cox is over there at Bible Baptist Church in Simpsonville, South Carolina. You start coming through town, make sure you go out of your way to make a trip and stop over there, and uh, you'll be glad you did. Well, we certainly love you. Hey, today, wear a smile that only God can give you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth, and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.